0: I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. (laughs) Let's do this. We need sales
1: to survive and thrive and grow. And how do we get those sales from qualified leads? You've got paid ads, you've got networking, you've got word of mouth, you've got referrals, and then there's content
0: marketing.
2: Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you
0: easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews, and I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to yet another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to hear what you think.
2: Last episode, we talked about using video to grow your brand with Paige Burns and Megan Turner, founders of the Video Identity Project. These pros shared with us how you can create professional level videos just using your phone and an app to get the word out about what you do best. So if you haven't listened to episode nine yet, you might want to check that
0: out after this episode. And for episode 10, we're going to get down to the basics on blogging. Folks, even in the age of social media, blogging can still help your bottom line. Amen. (laughs) Right? And we're going to speak with Christine McShane, a creative marketing strategist, writer, and photographer who uses blogs to help businesses grow. But
2: before we go any further, what are you drinking today,
0: Jesse? So... As we record this, it is the getting into the holiday season. Christmas is next week. I'm not actually drinking anything at the moment, but I'm gonna be shopping for some mimosas because mm. I want to have some on some on Christmas morning. Why not? I know because I think we're just gonna be alone, and it's oh. yeah, well, not alone, <laughs> not like in a sad way, but because of the pandemic. Yeah, I know. And, why not just wake up and have some mimosas? And yeah, a nice fun morning. Well, so. hopefully
2: by the time that this episode airs, which is is March, yeah, it's gonna be March. Hopefully,
0: we'll be a lot less alone. Yeah, so. I'm sure I will still drink mimosas.
2: Oh, totally, too, totally. Mimosas are one of my favorite things. It's just something about like champagne and pretty much anything and it's pretty and it's pretty it's pretty you can and you you can buy like those um they have like these shimmer powders that you can like put into your most. oh i don't now. know about that i feel it's like edible
0: like I, I know that just still weirds me out a little bit
2: okay let Come me right. know how to uh, i will i will i'll have to try that so as jesse
0: said we're going to be talking about blogging
2: yeah um,
0: i mean Blogging has been so important to my brand. Um, and Kate, you know this because you've been writing them for almost the last well, my by pleasure. the time this <laughs> airs, it'll be almost a year. Yeah. Since, you know, she's been writing my blogs. I've seen a great return on blogging. That's good. And, you know, people are finding me more on Google. It's helped my overall content strategy because we've talked about this before but having the content topic built out even Mm -hmm. as a blog post i can then translate that to other content outlets that i have so i can turn it into an instagram post i can turn it into an email newsletter reuse that that. content exactly so it's been not only amazing from the seo standpoint Mm -hmm. um but my overall strategy and then uh I believe in it so much that it has helped my business that I teach it as part of my course, the Brand Photographer Method Bootcamp. Mm-hmm. So I talk about building that no like, and trust and establishing yourself as the expert through blogging to my course members. So blogging right. has been really important for my business, both the course and the photography side of things.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, and I think that's what we'll hear. We are going to hear that in our interview with Christine is it is that opportunity to build more of a relationship with clients um with re- you know even if you aren't necessarily selling a tangible service you know if you're just selling yourself as an influencer or something so many influencers i know have kind of switched over to facebook and instagram as their main their main outlets and while i agree that those are great free resources right now with everything that's going on in the world you know again we're talking in december um you know, we don't necessarily know what way Facebook, Instagram, they're all going to go. Um, they change overnight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having that space on the Internet that you own.
0: Correct. That you, your own website, your own blog. Yes.
2: That you can customize, that you can write. Um, it's so important. You well, know, I've been blogging since 2017. I was going to say,
0: you've been blogging for a while now.
2: Yeah. And, you know and I said this, you'll hear this in the interview. I said this to Christine when I, when I first started blogging, you know, I'm a trained writer. So, and and I used to write for newspapers and television. So I had a built-in audience. When you're talking about writing for the internet and owning that own space, you're not necessarily guaranteed an audience. You you know, you have an outlet, but how does that mean you're going to actually get people to like pay attention to you? Yeah. So when I started, I was just, taking my my good writing skills, which obviously I'm just not throwing um, it out to the universe, just throwing it out to the universe and seeing what's stuck. And there's so much more involved with it. So I was really excited when she reached out to us and um, I wanted to talk about this because, you know, I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face. And we pretty much did in the interview. Um, but it is it's really important to know what to do. How to, SEO is a big thing. It's not just it's. It's not just SEO, which was news to me. It's not just SEO, but it's also not just writing for writing's sake you know so there's a lot more involved with it so as we said christine mcshane is a creative marketing strategist writer and photographer who helps small businesses attract their ideal audience through consistent content Mm -hmm. marketing using her custom process she combines copy strategy and branding photography to help small business owners stand out online which is what we all should be doing Mm -hmm. today she's going to share with us why we all should be blogging for our business
0: Welcome back everyone to Cocktails and Content Creation. We are here with another episode and our guest today is Christine McShane. She is a creative marketing strategist, writer and photographer who's going to talk to us about all things blogging and ways you can use your blog to grow your brand. So welcome, Christine. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you guys. I am so excited to be here. Very fun. Awesome. So we usually like to start off with um, one question. And Kate, what's what's the question here? Well,
2: if it wasn't 11 o'clock in the morning, what would you be drinking if you were having a cocktail or something? Or what
1: were you drinking now? Just what are you drinking? Uh, well, that I love, love, love that question. I love that question. Um, uh, I can't live without my coffee. So um, right up until noon, it is like coffee, coffee, coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm a coffee lover. <laughs> I love it. But I love this question because I do love cocktails. Uh, so this was um, you're perfect an, nice- for the show. <laughs> perfect. Uh, my favorite cocktail actually is the summer cocktail. Um, my I we like to drink gin and tonics out on the deck.
2: Mm. Um, it's
1: very refreshing. It's kind of old school. It's kind of a throwback. I think my grandparents drank them, but um, we just love them. I love them. Um, in the winter, I usually stick with good old fashioned red wine. So
0: um,
1: I have my seasonal. I have some yeah. seasonal.
0: I find that cocktails are very seasonal. My husband is a big gin and tonic guy. And so ah. I remember the first time I tried gin, which was like in my early 20s. We've talked about this. I and I was like, "Ooh, I don't I was like, I don't like it. it. Tastes like Christmas trees because. Yes. It's from the juniper berry, which is, is like. And so he's like, I've never heard anybody say it tastes like Christmas trees. And I was like, it does. But now it's actually grown on me. And like when you do it with like certain other herbs and uh liqueurs and everything like uh i think it's a tom collins right a tom collins yeah you can get a little fancy Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. i can do that so but the queen has her own
2: gin because her favorite is a gin and tonic i believe so
0: that wouldn't surprise
2: me no no and i think she starts drinking right around now too so (laughs) God save the queen, guys. When you're the queen, queen,
1: you can do whatever you want. Exactly.
2: Life is good. Life is good. (laughs) So now that we've established the most important question of the podcast, uh, Christine, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and how you've kind of gotten to where
1: you are today. Sure, sure. So um, I am the owner of Christine McShane Creative, which is, um, I call myself a creative content marketer. And I help small businesses create genuine content on a consistent basis. And that's kind of the key um, to attract their ideal audience and grow their visibility. And I do that in a couple of different ways. Um, I help them with some done for you content, whether it's content writing or their brand photography. Um, a lot of times it's both. Um, and I also offer some coaching and training along the way for the people who um, wanna do it for the, themselves for whatever reason, whether they just enjoy doing it themselves, they want the control of doing it themselves or they don't have the budget to really outsource. So um, that's what I do. I've been doing that for the past 10 years. Um, I, like most people had started off in like a corporate job. I was, I went back and got my MBA. I was working um, in the corporate world and I, and I did love it, but I've always had this calling, even as a little girl um, to be an entrepreneur. And I've always written. Um, my dad was an English professor. So I always saw him writing. My mom was an artist. So I always ha- saw her creating. And uh, about 10 years ago, I decided to answer that calling. And um, and pursue this line of business. So it's it's been a it's been a crazy journey, and I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: I love that story. The fact that you knew that you wanted to do this since you were a little girl. Like when I was little, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and that obviously is not what I'm what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember ta- and, I, and I
1: always wanted to do this. I dragged my little sister around the yard, taking pictures of her with like my parents' camera. Um, And my mom is doing the clean out of her house. So she keeps bringing me these boxes like, you know, you know, your parents do that. Like, here's your old prom dress and here's this. And she'll bring me boxes of the things that I wrote. So it was always sort of, yeah, and going to happen. It was always in the back of my mind.
2: I think that's so refreshing because so many people that we've had on this podcast, and I mean Jesse and I are living proof of this. That you know we've started out in one um, profession, then we have pivoted to another one. To have somebody on here that has done this for the past ten years—I mean, I know you—you—you did—you know—you get your MBA and everything—but to go from the past t- do for this for the past ten years, I think that's a, that's our first Jesse.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, it's encouraging. It's very encouraging and inspiring for sure. <laughs> I
2: have to say now yeah. why. Blogging. I mean, that's music to my ears as someone who's had a blog for three years right. and who's recently started offering like content writing and copywriting services. Right. Why why blogging and who can benefit from it?
1: Well, I, I mean I think pretty much anybody can benefit for it, I mean, from it. I mean, there's not many people who can't. And I I kind of think about it this way. If you look at it, what do we all want as a small business? We want sales, right? We need sales mm-hmm. to survive and thrive and grow. And how do we get those sales from qualified leads? And there's a couple different ways to get your qualified leads. And that's part of like your overall marketing strategy. You've got paid ads, you've got networking, you've got word of mouth, you've got referrals. Um, And then there's content marketing. And that's a huge piece of it. And that should be a huge piece of it, unless you have an intensely amount of money for paid advertisement. Um, Content marketing is a huge piece of that. What is, it? just and
2: briefly, what is content marketing? Just so- sure.
1: Con- Yeah, content marketing is like a, a little piece of the overall marketing strategy. It's where mm-hmm. you're actually putting out content to the public, to your audience, that people can learn, to learn all about your business. They can learn from you. It's mm-hmm. basically building that know, like, and trust factor. So I'm sure you've heard that expression. People like to do business with those that they know, like, and trust. Oh, yes. I mean, I certainly do business that way. Well, before I was a business owner, like I wanted to do business with people who I trusted. And I knew them already. It's the same with the hiring process. So, and really, that's what you're doing with content marketing. It's what we do as business owners on social media, on you know, with um, connecting with people online, with networking, um, posting blogs is just a part of that. So I I kind of look at it as a piece of the overall puzzle. And where blogs kind of come in that's a little bit different than social media is that they really accomplish two things. One is um, if SEO is important to you, it helps you get found online. Um, Producing like the the search engines want to see that you are, let's put it this way, the search engines want to produce the best results for their users. End of story, right? They want to be known as the best person to do a search. Um, so it's in your best interest to produce really good content that answers people's questions, offers value, and if Google or the other search engines see that you can do that, and you do that on a consistent basis, that affects where you rank when your ideal client, your hot client, is looking, for, searching for what you do online. So that's so true. Right. So that's like one piece of it is producing real valuable content to be found. And how I talked about we all need warm, qualified leads. Right. So there's two ways you can do it. You can be there for the people who are looking for you or you can sort of promote yourself out there for the people who may not even know they need your service. But then once they learn about you and they get to know you and they start thinking um, about it, then they then you warm them up that way. And that can be um, by producing blogs and then posting them on your social media and have them shared. And then people start to learn about you. So when I first started a business, I had no idea what a business coach was. I didn't even know that was a thing. Right, And then I started to meet business coaches along the way. And I started following their blogs. And I started following the information they were putting out. Their free content And then I was like, boy, I think this is something that could really help my business. And I ended up working with one. So um, really, those are the two ways that you can use blogs. You could be there for the people who are looking for you and use blogs as part of an overall SEO strategy, because certainly blogs is just one small piece of that. Mm -hmm. And you can also create real content that people just stumble upon or share with their friends and grow your reach that way.
0: So I I think that's really interesting point, And I never really thought about it in the in the two-way format. I definitely thought about it in number one. And that's why yeah. I have Kate write my blogs is because that's ultimately what I wanted to do. And I just wasn't doing it. I needed somebody yep. to help me. It was just a capacity issue. Um, but then the promoting yourself and that ability to build that know, like, and trust factor. I know I've heard from other marketing specialists that you need to see something roughly seven times on average, seven times for you to make that decision to purchase it. And it could be very simple. Like I always talk about this with my husband. He bought yeah. this like tool for his mountain bike and he like saw it online, right? He saw it online once. And then he saw this like mountain biker influencer, uh, you know, have it. And then that's like a second time. And then because he looked at it, it popped up on an ad like, or whatever, well, again, so, on the on the so and then he like read the reviews and then the guy did a blog. And so it's like literally he saw it and then he bought it. And he did wait for it to go on sale, but again, it was like he was w- wanting to learn more about it, trust that it was going to be the tool he wanted. Right. So I will I like that you brought up that point because I don't I think people don't necessarily realize the value in consistently producing that type of content to be part of that sales funnel, really. Exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And you're so right. And I do that too. I'll be scrolling
1: on Instagram and I see an ad for something that's like cool. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I would like that, but who knows? And then I see it a couple more times and then maybe someone else I know is talking about it. And then the next thing you know, six months later, I've purchased it. So, <laughs> <Exactly. you> know, <laughs> I'll be honest, right? So I've done it. Um, But it kind of speaks to, it is, content marketing is the long game, right? This is yeah. not, just like you're saying with your husband's experience, like he saw it, then an influencer talked about it. Then he read a review. Like content marketing is a long game for, for sure. And 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 blogging is too. It's not like you're gonna throw up three or four blogs and all of a sudden all this traffic's gonna come in and two two weeks later. And mm-hmm. you know, anyone who works with an SEO expert, SEO is a long game. It takes six months to get to where you want to be right. at a minimum. Jeez. So, you and know. In what,
2: what ways can you measure that, how, how blogs are helping you in the end? Like, you, you know, you've kind of gotten to that six month mark. How can you tell that this sure. has helped your bottom line?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, so some, in some ways it can be straightforward and in some ways it's difficult. So for in the example that Jesse mentioned with her husband, like mm-hmm. that first ad was like a domino effect, right? That's the one that trickled off the whole thing. So maybe when yep. the influencer, Had mentioned it. If he hadn't seen the ad first, he might not have paid attention. So, in some ways, I think when you play the long game, it's difficult to know exactly which pieces in which order have ultimately led to the sale. However, that being said, you can track the traffic back to your website and you can see, you can, um, you know, through things like Google Analytics, you can see which pages are getting traffic, where are they coming from? Are they coming from Facebook, Instagram? Are they organic? Are they coming from an email that perhaps you have sent out? Then you can check how long they've stayed on that page. Have you actually engaged the user? Um, You should be embedding internal links into your blog so that the user ends up bouncing around your website. You want to keep them on your website for Mm -hmm. as long as possible a, because that's good for you, that the, you have more an opportunity to convert them into clients. But B, Google also looks at that and says, you know, if people are spending more time on their website, then this must be of value.
2: Now, right? is that and the, so, is that the bounce rate? Is
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that was there. the easiest
2: I've ever heard anybody explain the bounce and, and just doing my research and everything. That was like the most clear I've ever heard it explained.
0: Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And the value <laughs> of the you. internal links. So I think that was really good to, to throw in there because it's like we all kind of know we, we should be doing it. But like, oh, we, we do it because we actually want people to click onto this link and then click onto that link and then explore. Right. And right then right. hopefully you they want. land on that contact me button or. By right. now,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's the more you can engage with them. It's the same thing like the exposure, like we were just talking about. But um, if you look at like sales landing pages, some of the most successful pages are really, really long because mm-hmm. they have the There's more and more opportunity. Or ever you ever watched, remember those? Um, and they're still on those like infomercials at you know two a.m. And they're oh, really, yes. really long infomercials, and they'll tell you the same stuff over and over again, but in a different way. Well, that's because it's effective, right? So, there's you your seven that. times right there. It there, makes you right? Like yeah, the exactly. <laughs> right. Ways. It's like twenty five <laughs> times, and by the time, like, if you haven't changed the channel, you're buying it at this point. You know. So, um, <laughs> yes, we yeah, using that. that, just trying to be smart too about using what your content that you already have or things that you've already built on to keep them within your website, keep them reading, keep them engaged. Is really, you know, the, the point.
0: So if if someone hasn't started their blog, what would you tell them if they're like, "Okay, yeah. Like I realize I need to be blogging. I definitely I want SEO. I want people to know like and trust me." What would you tell them? Like what are the steps that you would have them do to start their blog?
1: Yeah, so boy, that is um or, no, it's a lot a to unpack. <laughs> it is a lot to unpack. So, um and I want to unpack it in a way that's not scary because it's <laughs> not, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't want it to sound overwhelming, but I will say this: just like everything you do in your business and probably your life, like it's good to take a minute to sort of take a bird's eye view of of what your goal is for this, what what your objectives are, what you want to get out of it. You know, are you going for SEO? Are you trying to just um, boost traffic? The no like and trust factor. Think about who you're trying to reach. Think about how much time you realistically have to spend on this. And I emphasize the word realistically, because you will probably do more harm than good if you go out, bite off more than you can chew, um, write a bunch, post a bunch, and then go silent because that was a pace that you couldn't keep up. Right. So it's better to, what if you just said, I'll do one blog post a month. You know, that's a consistent, Mm -hmm. you're showing Google that you're posting consistently. That's some sort of manageable. One a month is pretty manageable. Um, So take a minute and just think about what's your objective, who you're writing to, what's the content. I would do like a six month editorial calendar. And I know that might sound intense and scary, but it's not just like write a list. Here's the six things I want to post about. Mm. And then plan them out. Like, what's the frequency? Can I just do one a month? Great. Can I do two a month? What, decide what you can commit to in a realistic fashion. And then, you know, you can start your next steps. I would take the opportunity. And there's tons of worksheets out there online. Um, go through what your brand is. Remind yourself. Hone, hone down what your brand is. Try to come up with the top three descriptor words of your brand. I have, I have a list of descriptor words I give my clients mm-hmm. when I'm helping them, uh, but you can find those anywhere. Make sure that all of your blog posts reflect those three descriptive words.
0: Now, can you, <clears throat> I'm not sure I've come across that phrase yet, descriptor words. Can you just sure. explain so a little bit of
1: that? So if I ask you, right, so um, what are the top three ways you would describe, what are the top three, um, people use also like core values. Uh, um, okay. Okay. Right. So I might say, um, you know, my brand is um, professional, ex, you know, exper- knowledgeable and approachable or flexible. Maybe I would pick those four words for my brand. Other people have other descriptors. They might say, I am edgy and I am high tech and I am modern. Other people might be like, I am artsy and I am whimsical and I am free flowing. Everybody has a
0: okay. brand
1: right. That makes you different. So think about really take a minute. Just, just think about what is my brand, write that down, put it on a sticky note and stick it up on your desk and everything you do, anything content wise should match that always. Um, but for your blogs, I would think a little bit about your tone. Are you going to be conversational, which a lot of blogs are, are you going to be more informational, like a brochure? Like think about this, be intentional. Just write that down. It's not hard. And then you sort of have like your guidelines. You have your guideposts. Like, okay, this is who I am. Who am I writing to? Um, what's going to be the tone? How often am I going to do this? So that you have set set up a little bit of a structure for yourself, so it doesn't feel
0: so overwhelming. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. So
0: I no, but I think that yeah. I think yeah. So I, I I'm taking I'm taking notes as we're as we're doing this. <laughs> um. So really, yeah. Who, who you are as a business owner. Mm-hmm. who you you hope to write to or reach, then establish sort of uh, how often, you know, and, and that can be really based on the individual and what's practical that you can sustain. So I think the takeaway from that I got from you is set something up that you can sustain because it is such a long game. And then um, what's your tone? Yeah, You don't want to burn. I, I like that. You don't want to burn out Yeah, because no. there's so many
2: times where I'm trying to post a couple of times a week and then there's a week where I just don't. I'm not going
0: to, I'm not going to lie. That's right. That's right. what happens right. Right. sometimes reality of that. And as a business owner, you just have to give yourself some grace, but I think,
1: Oh yeah. I think
0: consistency totally. is so important.
1: And I think to miss a week and I, and I, I advise people like this with, with social media too, but mm-hmm. if you're blogging or posting social media or anything they're producing, you're going, yeah. going, going. And then you stop for like three months, four yeah. months. Yeah. The reason why I say you do more harm than good is that if people are going to your website or your social media profiles and they're like, maybe they've heard about you, maybe they're checking you out and they want to do business with you. And you've gone yeah. radio silent for like two months, three months, six months. I've gotten people's profiles or blogs and it's been like, a I've year, done the same thing. Oh yeah. Right? Same
0: thing. And, yep, Totally. And it kind of turns you off a little bit.
1: It does. It yeah. does. In the back yeah. of my mind, I'm going, are they still in business? have they changed focus and they're doing something else and that's why they stopped. So, that's why I say just pick what you can do mm-hmm. and just do it consistently so that when someone comes to your website like the last thing they see is pretty is pretty recent. Doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. yesterday. Doesn't have to be today. But 6 months to a year ago, that might raise questions. Exactly.
2: No, this is kind of off topic um and superficial it might seem how I I feel sometimes I I get the material down right in a blog post and then I go to put it into my website and of course I'm trying to make it all pretty and and look nice and I still I do it but how important is this how important does aesthetics play into all this I know it doesn't necessarily help with the google ranking like like google's not going on that stage that page and being like oh this is pretty we're going to promote this right but You still have people that are going on that website and they're not necessarily wanting to read something that's, uh, you know, a bunch of weird pictures kind of all in different places and, you know, text all over the page. How important does aesthetics play into it? And what would you give advice to somebody kind of trying to get into that game?
1: Well, I actually do think aesthetics plays into it. And you're right. It really doesn't have anything to do with Google, except that if someone comes onto your page and is like not compelled to read it and they bounce off pretty quickly, right. That affects, that's one of the many pieces, Mm -hmm. right. That will could could affect your ranking. Uh, it's not the only thing for sure. Um, you know, Jesse, you and I are both photographers. We know that, um, aesthetics, and design is so important and it's so yeah. like understated yeah. like sometimes you know it's wrong but you can't put your finger on it or you know it's right like you get that money photo, photo shot and you're like oh that's awesome like you maybe you couldn't put your finger on why it's compelling right. and why yeah. another image isn't compelling it's the same with graphic design so and I am not a graphic designer I believe in knowing your limitations and that <laughs> is mine <laughs> like I'm not I'm not good at it but um, I do think t- paying attention to it is important because um, it's got to be a pleasurable experience. Think about why people right. are online, right? They're they're either like procrastinating work, they want to be entertained, <laughs> right? right? They want to be amused, right? We're here to like be enjoy, like enjoy. It needs to be an enjoyable experience. We're not mm-hmm. on blogs and social media because we it's a gr- we want it to be a grind. If it's a grind, yeah. we turn it off. So. Right. I think I don't know if that answers your question. No,
0: it totally does. I think it is important, maybe a little bit more important for those businesses and brands that are in the visual arts. Like see, if
2: you go to CNET and you're looking at just a review of a camera or something, who cares? Yeah, they're the the authority. Maybe
0: a stock photo of a Nikon camera, whatever. But agreed for wedding photographers, for photographers, for graphic designers, for web designers, for anybody, bloggers, for anybody in the visual arts. I personally, and I'm not like the end all be all, but I do think that it will reflect um, highly upon your brand. So if my opinion counts for anything, but that's it. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I agree, especially if, so you're right. So the review and CNET, they have different goals, right? They, first of all, they're selling their ads, Um, but the person who comes to that review is hyper-focused on getting something from them. Whereas... Um, bloggers tend to be people's blogs tend to be informational slash um, entertainment, informational right. slash amusing. Like you've got to mm, take mm-hmm. your reader on a ride, right? So if you write blogs, right, you're taking them on a ride. Mm-hmm. Every piece is a little bit of a journey with a start, a middle and an end. Right. Um, so, yeah. And especially Jesse, if you've got a visual I mean, if you have a any sort of visual or creative, you've gotta or you've gotta evoke emotion. I mean, people mm-hmm. people people buy with emotion, right? Mm-hmm. We we think yeah. we make these logical decisions about purchasing, but we don't. No, it's, it's all, all no. it's all emotion. It's all emotion. I mean, yep. really. We I mean, use logic
0: to validate the emotion. Yes. Like <laughs> right. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, I remember house shopping. And with my husband and we'd look at houses and we'd see a house and it checked off all the boxes like right. on paper, had everything. And if I walked in and I was like, uh, oh, I just don't emotionally, I don't connect. It's right. Like, I'm not buying this house. It's all
2: it's all about connection. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Thank you for validating because yeah. that's always been my thing is, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm taking too long and making everything look pretty. You just validated. See, there we go. Well, we need the although, validation.
0: although done is better than perfect, so there is that. There yes. is that fine line. So, yes. is the amount of time that you're spending to perfect the visual going to give you that ROI as opposed to just posting it as mm-hmm. half beautiful as you think it is? Right, and getting that out there, right? So, well, that's
1: there. the struggle. You hit the nail right in the head, Jesse. That's the struggle of a creative. Is <laughs> when do you stop? Creating like when is it done? Yeah, you're right. You don't want the perfect to be the enemy of the good. Want you want to put it out there too?
2: Well, speaking of putting it out there, how can someone come up with blog topics to write about?
0: Yeah, I found that so many of my people in my audience just are like, I have no idea what to write about. Yeah, so help them.
1: Yes, so that is like the number one question I get. whether people want me to write the blogs for them or they want help me to help them write their own. That's like one of the first things are like, ah, I don't even know what to say. So, um, if you separate out like the seasonal things, like, um, you know, seasonal topics, like if you're a tax preparer, you're going to obviously have certain seasons where you're going to write different content. Jesse, as a wedding photographer, you, I'm sure your editorial calendar is seasonal. Um, so if you're just sort of not even taking that into consideration about, what's happening in the world or what's happening in your business in the seasons one thing i advise people just to get started this is my favorite thing to do go into your mailbox your inbox your email and go through like the past couple days of emails and what are the last 5 questions somebody asked you from a client or or your conversations what are the last 5 things people asked you about there's your five blog posts that's people have questions anytime someone asks you a question Write it down on a little running file. Like, oh, somebody wants to know about that? I bet there's other people out there who want to know the same thing. So people are handing you the subject lines. People are handing you the topics on a silver platter. The minute they ask you that, it's like, well, now people, I know people want to know about that.
0: So good. It's so simple
2: to do.
1: Very simple. Love it. I think
2: it's a feeling that people are like, it's, it's like when you get in front of a microphone. And, you know, you've just had a conversation with somebody and you're talking and talking and talking. And then, as I said, you, you get a microphone in, in your hand and it's like, <laughs> what, do, what do I say? What do I do? I, I, I have a feeling it's very much like that where, you know, you, you get into a, a a comfortable conversational setting and the ideas flow, Um, you know, which I think a lot of solopreneurs don't necessarily have. Um a connection with somebody that they can just, you know, hash ideas out. So right. maybe they're stuck like that. Um, yeah. We actually had talked about having um, a business bestie a couple episodes ago, you know, having somebody that you can kind of like chat things out with. And so, you know, that could maybe be helpful for some people. Yeah. Um, but just having that platform can, can seem daunting to people.
0: Now, what about sorry, I have a follow-up question to that. Yeah. Um, what if, what if you're just starting out? I'm thinking of like some, some of our audience members, maybe just starting mm-hmm. out and let's say they don't have a big audience. Let's say nobody's asking them questions. Well, like, okay. What's another <laughs> What's another I, I just, just think about, it. they're like, well, what if nobody's asking me questions? What do right. I do? Yeah. Well, what would you say? What's another way that you can think of, you know, blog sure. topics to write about? So,
1: as part of what I had said, like overall, think about who you're talking to,
0: right? Yeah.
1: A deeper dive into that really is, and we should all be doing these in our businesses on a regular basis, is identifying who your ideal client is.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. People
1: call it an avatar mm-hmm. is another thing that people um, call it. Um, but I, this is how, what I say. If I could fill your calendar with a certain type of client for a certain type of services, what would you want that to be? Like, Mm -hmm. think about that. Like, boy, if I could get 100 clients just like this, who would it be? Write that down, flesh that out, and then think about where those people are hanging out online. Are they, you know, um, what forums are they visiting? What platforms are they on? What content are they consuming? And then go to those forums, go to those platforms and look around. What are they talking about? What questions mm. are they asking there? What are the hot topics there? And use that. Use that. I, yeah, as your be
2: idea. proactive. I love it when people say be proactive, which is essentially yes. what you're saying.
1: Yes. But, and also when you're there, pay attention. This is key to the language that they're using mm-hmm. because they are again, they are handing to you how they are feeling about or they're wondering about or thinking about a specific topic. And pay attention to that language so that you can use the language again in your blog so that they can connect to it and relate to it like mm-hmm. oh yes i've experienced that i wonder what this person has to say or oh i've always wondered that or yes i'd like to know more about this so mm-hmm. you can go out and find it but you do have to take do that exercise of figuring out who you're talking to right and where they're going to be right
0: yeah and which ju- we we've taught we touched upon in another episode yeah. so um but jumping-
1: i jumping oh sorry go ahead
2: no go ahead I was just saying, jumping off of language, um, you know, okay, now you've got your your blog post ideas. When I started blogging, I would just kind of write how I was feeling or what I was feeling or about, you know, where to find this and where to find that. And I wasn't thinking of any specific keywords. I was just kind of throwing writing on a page and I'm a trained writer, so I didn't think about that kind of thing, you know, how can you take those blog post ideas and then be cognizant of using those keywords and optimizing your blog? I mean, people, some people might be like, well, what's SEO? You know, how can people think of those keywords that they need to be using? How do they find those keywords that they need to be using and incorporate them into these blog posts that they've now come up with?
1: Yeah. So that's, that is, um, that's a good question too. And the, that's funny. The thing about, SEO search engine optimization where you rank in in the Google search or Bing or whatever um, search engine you use is that there's really two components to that so the first is how you write your content the actual content and taking that into consideration and then there's some other stuff like um, what you call what what you name the slug of the post what you how you label your images and their alt tags so, it's almost like a technical piece that doesn't really have to do with the actual writing. So there's two two components to that. So I'll I'll try to and I'm not an SEO expert either. Again, know your limitations, right? So but um I consider myself an SEO aware writer. Ooh. And uh yeah, that's the <laughs> that's how I came up with that, but um in terms of your content, you should definitely be focused around a key word like you said. Um and the I'm sure you've heard the phrase, or your your, your listeners have heard the phrase, a long tail keyword. Um, so, if you think about the competition for a specific word, like if I tried to write a blog post that um, with the keyword shoes, as you can imagine, the competition is pretty um, stiff for shoes. Like people write about shoes all the time. There's a million shoe retailers. A lot of people oh, doing yeah. stuff about shoes. Like shoes would be impossible. I think to rank organically. That's such, uh, um, but what if I am a, you know, I do um, handcrafted sandals from, you know, bamboo, you know, uh, sustainably harvested bamboo. All right. So now I've created some sort of long tail keyword search, which I actually a have a chance of ranking, but B is actually going to generate more qualified traffic than if I just did a keyword for shoes. Because if I did a keyword for shoes, it could be anybody. It could be my son looking for basketball shoes. It could be for my um, you know, my husband looking for hiking boots. It could be anything. Right, right. Whereas if you have a long tail keyword search as much as you can, um, hone in on the exact thing that you're talking about because you're going to get better traffic. Um, A, that's good for you for business. You want more qualified leads. We don't want people Mm -hmm. coming to our site that's not interested in what we're talking about. But B, that also affects your bounce rate, right? So if my son's looking for basketball shoes and he shows up on a bamboo sandals page, like he's going to bounce like nobody's business, right? right? So um, think a little bit about how you can make a keyword for that particular page that's going to be as specific as possible.
0: And by keyword, just to break it down, these are the things that people are searching for. This is the word that that's people right. are going to Google and saying mm-hmm. shoes, saying right. bamboo boutique handcrafted sandal. Right.
1: Yep. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. So if I was looking for um sustainable sandal, you know, su- sandals made from sustainable materials, maybe that's like what I'm looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I want to plug that in. And you want, if that's what I'm writing about, I want my blog to match or to to rank for that particular search. Um, Love that. Yeah, and so you and and not to go too much down. Like I said, I am not an SEO expert, but it is worth a few seconds doing a little bit of keyword research. There's tons of there's certainly paid um, keyword uh, tools, but there's free ones too. Um, Neil Patel's Uber suggest is one Love of Love that one. Yeah. Right. You can just sort of look and see like what's what variations that you're, you might be toying with what variations are, um, what getting what traffic and things like that. So it's yeah, worth taking, I think two minutes to just take a look there and run it through there.
2: And in terms of this, you and you, you mentioned the slug, I didn't actually discover slug until earlier this year. Um, what is your advice when it comes to the slug? Is it, should it be just like the title of the blog post or would you put more keywords? Like if, if, if say, yeah. you know, would you put more keywords into that slug to try to do a better
1: yeah. job at ranking? You definitely should have your keywords in your slug. Okay. Um, and the title of the page. So, right. So, the title, the problem with the titles is the, the, the headline is it really needs to grab the reader. Right. So mm-hmm, sometimes yeah. writing writing an S for SEO is kind of at odds because on one hand, your content needs to be inviting and captivating and bring that reader on a journey and it has to be completely compelling and readable, start yeah. to finish. Sometimes the things you have to do for SEO don't exactly like, can be clunky or isn't exactly yeah. going to be a, a good read. So you have to strike that balance. So the, the title of your page or the headline really needs to be something that captures them and makes them want to read it. Um, because it doesn't matter how good your content is. If they don't, if they like click away or never read it, like, what's the point? So, yeah. um, make sure your keywords are definitely in the slug. And again, I'm not an SEO expert, so I would encourage everyone to, I Google these things every six months cause things advice changes. Right. Um, but you want to have your keywords in your slugs. Um, you know, some variation should be in your, in your title, or your headline, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, that one, you have to make it a little more, um, that's, that's kind of like catchy, hook, right. It has to be catchy. Yeah. Right. So,
2: and then what's the, what is the difference between the slug and then like the meta description?
1: Why okay, like, so this, I, that yeah. seems to
2: be another thing that people get confused
1: about. Right. Um, well, and there's a lot of little pieces. There's like the snippet and then there's the metadata, right? So the meta, the meta title, I think it's called the meta title and the meta description. Those are the things that are going to appear on the search engine results. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're going to write a blog. Someone Googles your blog and if it ranks, they're going to show the first two lines of your blog. No, it's going to show you the meta description. Which can help you,
2: you know? Yes.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean,
2: it's because again, you talked about, you want it to, you want to take your, your viewers, your readers on a journey. You may, you probably do not want to be using what you're using as your meta description as your first paragraph. It's just not no. going to be as catchy and
1: no fun to read. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So your meta description is going to be like, it's, I forget how many characters, a character limit. Um, but that's like your, that's like your 32nd your glimpse: the, Are they going to click it or not? Because they're going to oh. read that headline, right? And they're going to read that little, and that's that's you're trying to tell them what you're going to tell
0: them. And oh so you want it more. This is going to sound bad, but clickbaity.
2: A little yes, bit more clickbaity. I,
0: <laughs> I, no, I don't like that term, but but right? uh, but you want them. You you want to have it be very 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 intriguing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I like to say click a ball, but not clickbait. So
1: something that oh. makes you want to click on it, but yeah, not clickbait. Cause you're right. That has so many negative connotations. It's like It really yeah. is. I do nothing. like the phrase click clickable. Okay. Clickable. I say click, make it clickable. Like you read, oh, you know, yeah. Top 10 secrets to lose weight without doing anything. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I want
0: to so read that. That's
2: definitely. <laughs> oh my goodness. Send that right. over.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm clicking on that. Right. So, Share. Gone viral. <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally.
2: Oh, there's my next blog post, guys.
1: Uh, right. right there. I have no idea what I'd write. You know. Right. And that's what that's what makes it clickable versus clickbait is like, what's behind it? Did it deliver the goods yep. or not? Okay. Um, you can have a very, you know, uh, catchy title, but if you really back it up with something good, then it's not clickbait. It's right. You gave good info. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that brings us to our next question, which is what is, is there something people should not do when it comes to blogging?
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, there you um, go. 10 things. Wait, 10 you
2: should not do. Right? 10 things you should things. not do over there. Yes.
1: You oh need to write God, a blog post is, on this. Okay. This I'm, is gonna to, I'm going to. Oh, my God. Um. So, right off the top of my head. So, first of all, make sure you're not keyword stuffing. I think that was like people used to do that. Um, Google doesn't work that way anymore. Um, Plus, it just becomes unreadable. If you just, I'm sure you've all read all your listeners have read a black page and you're just like, oh my God, how many times can they say, you know, right. sugar You oh, know, it's yes. just and
2: how many different ways can they say it too? And how yes. many
1: different ways? So like it's all a balance. And I think the last time I checked, it was like you want a ratio of like one to three percent of your blog, it should be your keyword. So you're not just like mm-hmm. jamming it in everywhere. Um Okay. Yeah, I think so. So don't don't quote me on that, but I think that's kind of and that's kind of a decent guideline. Like you want it in certain places. You want it in the first paragraph. You want it in the last paragraph. Yeah. You want it in the slug. You want it, you know, in your head. Your H ones and H twos, but it doesn't have to be in every single one. Um, it needs to obviously be good content, and to just jam all your keywords in there would be, um, I think, a mistake. Um, so yeah, so keyword stuffing and just make it readable. Don't don't just be so concerned with SEO that it's just you can't read it Um, along the same lines of unreadable. um, Sometimes I think we have this urge to write blogs like we write college essays, you know, um, these huge paragraphs of text. And that's just not how we consume things online, especially yeah. if people are reading it on their phone. Let's say they're in a, oh, yeah. the waiting room at the doctor's office and they're killing some time and they've got your blog post, and they're reading it. They're not going to want an essay of these long paragraphs. Right. So right. keep your paragraphs one to three sentences long. Oh, wow. And use lots of bullet
0: points. And don't I be afraid that's kind of, of what we do, Kate. Okay? We keep yeah. it nice and, nice and trim.
2: I yes. may not on my own blog, but... <laughs>
0: Well, it depends and you may
1: have, there's artistic license for everything, right? Mm -hmm. Especially, but if you're doing really, especially if you're really doing dense content, like informational content, break it up into chunks, headers, important headers, headers, people are going to skim. People are going to skim. So make it skimmable. So if it's not skimmable, that's, they're just, you're just going to lose them. Um, Another mistake is not to use images. You need to break up the text with images. So you alluded to that, Kate, like Mm -hmm. you want to make the whole blog post visually pleasing because it is a whole experience, right? It's a whole experience. Um, But another mistake people make, and this can be an expensive one, don't use copyrighted images. Um, Mm -hmm. Just
2: because
1: you find an image on the web does it mean you can use it. You can go to like creative
2: commons or something like unsplash.
1: There's plenty of reputable places to find free or low cost stock photography, but I've just, I've seen so many people do it and they're like, Oh, it was, I Googled searches of blueberries and there it was. And I thought I could just use it because it's on the internet. It must be free. I've literally had people say that. Or the assumption
0: if they cite the source, it's going to be okay. And that's, that's not okay. No, (laughs) As a photographer, that's not okay.
1: It's not, you can't just be like, oh, I gave credit. So it's fine. No, actually it's not. Um, especially if you're doing this for your commercial blog, if your blog is any way, shape or form to a business or making money, um, that's commercial use. So Mm -hmm. be very careful. Mm -hmm. That's a big mistake. Another, uh, another one would be, um, only post your content somewhere once don't, um, copy and paste that content and paste it somewhere else. I think if I remember correctly, the search engines will ding you for having duplicate content. They don't want duplicate content. Now so, is
2: this, is this, are you talking about social media, like copying it over to social media or to no, another I mean, like website?
1: Let's say I blog. did a guest. post. So let's say I get a guest blog post for you, Kate. hmm I would not t- copy and paste that text and put it on my own blog. Okay. I have just watered down both of our, um, b- the value of both of it mm. because Google will look to say, Whoa, this is duplicate content. It must not be valuable.
0: Um, Wow. Yeah. It's so smart.
1: don't do that. So if you well, guess kind what of penalizes
0: those- to people from just copy just plagiarizing really. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Don't, don't do that. Um, so if I were to do a guest blog post, I would, I would put, um, a snippet of it, or maybe like a, like an introductory text and a link to the, my guest blog post on your blog.
2: Okay. All right. That's good to know.
1: Yeah. Um, Cause I mean,
2: so many, that's one of the things that people do to kind of get the word out about their own blog is to guest blog on other people's. Right. Okay. So the last thing you want to be doing is just copy and pasting something you have on your own <laughs> no, website.
1: Right. You can't <laughs> be like, oh, the damn, this was a good. I mean, it uh, makes
2: sense. But sometimes people don't think of the common sense. I don't know. Common sense.
0: The Google ramifications. Yes.
1: Yes. And to be honest with you, I probably would have done that until I heard that. And then once I heard that, was like, oh, you know, and even your content in between your blog posts. So like, let's say you have a part at the end that's like, you know, um, describes your business and how to get in touch with you. Try to make that different, a little bit different Mm. between each of your blog posts Oh, I mean, some of it can okay. be, can, it's not like hundred percent has to be unique, but there is some ratio and, um, the more unique content you can have, you have the better. Yeah. So avoid copy and pasting chunks of text. I guess, so like we, way. so
2: at the end of every blog post for Jesse, we, you know, we kind of tease, you know, here, click here to book with Jesse for things. But like, I always try to change it up. Like, you know, let's yeah. start on the right foot. Yes, right. Exactly. That's perfect. Okay. I
1: mean, if if you have a sentence that's the same on every one of them, like you can contact Jesse here and here and check her out on social media. Right. That's I don't I don't think that that again I'm not a social media expert, but I don't think that's going to date you. But I think if you had like huge chunks, because sure, like I might write something for you, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that was pretty good. Now I'm just gonna like I liked that. Let me just copy and paste that and put it on my own blog. And yeah, it's not you shouldn't do that. So be careful about that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of
2: goes back to the whole idea of if you wrote something for one class, you probably shouldn't copy and paste it and give it to another. Ah, uh, yes, yes, right, exactly. I was gonna, yeah, totally, yeah. I've totally been guilty of that in the past. <sighs> I'm not right. going to lie. So, right. how now? So, how do you drum? You know, we've talked. We kind of mentioned social media. How do you drum up news about your right. your blog? You can't just expect to post things online and have people. I mean, I know you said it's a long game with SEO, but you can't just post something online and expect people to come.
0: Right. You know, I mean, that would be amazing, right? You're going to get that organic Google traffic if you've done really well with your keywords, but, um, otherwise, yeah. How can people find out about your blog posts?
1: Right. So that's, that's a good question. And I think blogs have kind of come, they've kind of had their own trajectory. And I think there was a period of time where there was a ton of bloggers and everyone was blogging. And then people would go to blogs um, specifically to follow a blogger. And I think some people still do. Mm-hmm. But I think the way a lot of people have consumed blogs has changed in that people will post snippets of their blogs or teasers of their blogs on social media to invite readers to draw to and to invite readers back to their yes. blogs because that is where honestly people are spending most of their time. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn, you know, certain platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, and Pinterest all allow you to link back to a website. Instagram's not so great because it doesn't allow you to, I mean, you can have a link in your bio. Link
2: in bio, right. That can, that can deter people
0: sometimes. It
1: it can. An extra step. Seriously, is the unless you're,
0: you're fortunate enough to have what is a 10 k you need for the swipe up, right? Uh, yeah,
1: right. Exactly. If it's ten thousand followers, and then you can do the swipe up in the stories. I think that's but, awesome, um, which is great. But um, for the people, not who all of us have like it. Right. So. You know, if I wrote a blog post, I don't expect that all of my followers are just going to like come running to my website every month to see if I have a blog post up. But what I would Mm -hmm. do is post that blog post on all of my social media platforms with like a little bit of an introductory text. Like, uh, you know, maybe it was this like top 10 things people should do with their blogs. And I'll be like, oh, are you doing these things? Click on, you know, here's my top 10 things you shouldn't do in your blog. And then they click on that through social media and it goes to my website. And if I've done my job well, they're kind yeah. of, kind of linger on my website once they get there. Right. That you know,
2: makes sense. I feel like oh, people now have a better handle from hearing what you have to say about blogging, but say somebody came to you and said, you know, Oh yeah. Now I know all this stuff, but that's a lot of work. And <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I really don't have that time. What, what would you say to them?
1: Yeah. So, um, anything worth doing. Is work is time, right? So, yep. um, so yeah. So, acknowledging that you know, if you've decided that this is um, a piece, this has a place in your marketing strategy, mm-hmm. and you've decided to uh, that this is part of it, and um, you can, you have, you're faced with two choices: I can either do it myself, or I can hire someone to do it, or sort of some combination in between. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to do it yourself. To so then do like one once every month, like just do once a month. Um, I know it's a lot of time. If you are really so strapped to time, if the first thing off the top of your head is like, I can't possibly do this. I don't know when I'm going to have time. I barely have time to do X, Y, and Z. I've got my right. own client work. I've got my personal life, my family, whatever. Then you should consider hiring out. Um, there's a lot of talented uh, writers out there that um, can do the work for you. I would recommend you not go to the content mills. There are a lot of, um, uh, sort of free, like I've, I I ran across people who will just like resell content basically for the cheap. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't recommend that because what you're trying to accomplish with this is to grow that know, like, and trust factor, right? right? You are not right. Jesse and I are both photographers, but we are both different right? We probably offer different types of photography. Our styles are probably different. Our process is different. Everything's different. Yeah. And um, you need to show your prospects how you are different. And the ones who connect with that, who respond to that and are like, oh, I like this. Ooh, I want more. Mm-hmm. You're generating qualified leads. By the time they've come to you, they've already been pre-qualified because they've responded to your brand, your business, the content you're putting out. So the sale is halfway made by the time they've contacted you because you've used content marketing in that way. Mm -hmm. So find a writer that um, fits with the way you do business. Find a writer that will take the time to understand you and your brand. And they're not just going to whip out any old content. They're going to whip out your content. So you
0: can pre-qualify those leads. Um, that would be my recommendation. What's really, you're totally on point to that. Cause I have Kate write my blogs for me and I just basically, we have a great process in place and, mm-hmm. but she's not only been a client of mine when I used to shoot weddings, I shot her weddings. Like she knows my business inside yeah. and out and, and, and your I voice know, and my voice, <laughs> the way I talk, she nails it every time. Very rarely do I have to change you know anything and in the post from the writing right but she she also has seen my audience she's followed me for a long time she knows who's booking me she knows who's not booking me she sees my content so I feel like to that point avoiding the generic content mill as I guess we could say it um, and finding somebody that really will take the time to hone in on your brand and hone in on who you are, those, those pieces that you were talking about, like who you are, who your audience is, all those, like Mm. making sure that they understand that. Um, And the other thing that's interesting is, and we didn't really dive into this because it's a lot to unpack, but like, like, how does somebody know if it's going to be worth the investment to hire somebody? And I didn't know at first. So I'm, I'm just going to speak real quickly on my experience. Like I didn't know hiring Kate was going to like bring me an ROI. And to your point, we talked about earlier, we have no idea if a blog post is going like it's hard to measure that that actual money return from a blog post because you don't know they might have seen you on a blog and then they did this, and then they had so many other steps before they purchased from you. But what I can say, and what I try and pay attention to in my own business, is I have on my lead form how did people find me? And this year, since Kate's been blogging for me almost an entire year now, uh, next March, it'll be a year. I'm getting more of those. I found you on Google. I've been noticing that found you on Google, found you on Google, found you on Google. I'm like, sweet. So that to me is enough. They may not end up turning into a client, but that has worked for me. Right. Right. And if they've, if they found you
1: on Google and they're coming to your site and you're reading your content, by the time they pick up the phone and call you, because people are going to do their due diligence by the time they picked up the phone and called you, if they've gone through all the blogs that Kate has put together for you, and if she's reflecting your brand, they're already like, I, I, I think I connect with Jesse. Like, this is the person I want. They want to connect with that mm-hmm. person. They don't want a photographer that feels off or they just doesn't jive with them. So yeah, it's effective. It's just, it's not like you're going to run a paid ad and then see how many clicks and how many people bought that. Right product that widget that time from that one ad or one right. one ad can.
0: And I do think I do think setting that that expectation to you know understanding like okay you might need to give it time it's a longer game. So if you do plan on hiring somebody, making sure that you understand like okay if they write one, one blog for, post for you, the value there is you're saving time. But as far as like getting any noticeable like returns from that, it, it's going to take time. So yes, I knew I knew I was like okay I'll see I'll I'll give this at least six months see how it goes. Yeah. And then reevaluate. Yeah.
2: Christine, this has been yeah. really enlightening. I mean, even as even as, a, you know, a fellow blog writer, yeah. I've been learning a lot from you. So I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, not only educating our listeners, but also educating me. Um, I think yeah. it's always important to learn something new every day. And I hope all of our listeners have learned that, you know, blogging is an essential part of any business you know keeping your website updated because one of the things you said that really resonated with me is you know if you keep a blog updated people are going to know you're still in business you're still there you're still present and you know part of that no like and trust factor is being present for people in their lives and in whatever service they're going to employ you for so there you go
0: Awesome. Yes. This has been amazing. I think I, yes. this is a lot for our audience. There are so many amazing nuggets. I know I learned a lot. So <laughs> me too. Um, I definitely how can people sorry? I appreciate appreciate your time. But yes, go ahead. Oh, Kate. thank you. Guys. No, I was just
2: gonna say so. How can people learn more about you and your business and
0: you know sure. get some
2: more information on blogging and maybe even hiring you?
1: Yeah. So um, so thank you guys for having me on. I've had so much fun. Um, and I always learn, I, I love Um, I love spending time with other writers and photographers. So this is like, I got the best of both worlds. This has been a lot of fun. Paul is fantastic. Um, I always believe in collaboration and just learning from other people. It's just, you can learn something every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And still it's like, you know how much- there is still to learn. So um, I'm so excited. So thank you guys for having me on. Your listeners can find me at christinemcshane.com. And that's with a um, um, C-H, christinemcshane.com, all one word. My handle on social media is christinemcshanecreative, all one word. Um, I do post um, content creation tips every week. I do a tip tuesday on my Instagram and my Facebook um, sometimes on my LinkedIn. Um yeah, it's just sort of my way of of giving back. Um and I usually pluck those tips from just like I said earlier in this podcast, like a conversation that happened with a client or a colleague mm-hmm. or a question that came up and I'm like, you know what? That would be a good tip um to share with people and I'm um, I learned so much from uh the writers and the photographers that I that I hang out with so
2: I love that. Um, I love that. Free resources too. What do you say? We love free resources. That's a free resource.
1: <laughs> free resources is good. And I think that's one of the key elements of um when you're doing a blog, being able to give good value. I think a lot sometimes people come to me and they're like, But Christine, if I if I give everything away, no one's gonna hire me. And I actually think that couldn't be f- farther from the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know for me, I have gotten free resources from people. And then eventually when I realize that I'm in over my head and I can't do it, or mm-hmm. it just takes too much research. Then I hired them. So true. Because I oh, yeah. trust them. They gave me, they helped me for nothing. I trusted them. And now I'm like, you know what? can you please <laughs> just love it, take it.
2: Take it. I that's completely agree so, that's
1: great. awesome
2: well Christine thank you so much for talking with us we're so excited for everybody to hear what you have to say hey, thank and you hope you have a great rest
1: of your day alright thanks everyone
2: it was really great to talk with Christine about something that is so close to my heart mm-hmm. this blogging. is right up your alley <laughs> know. well as I said I could talk about it for hours so many good nuggets though and we did we did talk about it for a while but we're hoping that everybody took uh, something out of that, which I mean, some big things for me was um, that this is a great way to market yourself. Which you know, you and I know, but I feel like a lot of people don't think about blogging as as a marketing strategy.
0: No, I think I think uh, well, for me, I definitely knew I wanted to increase my SEO, but mm-hmm. I think. Deep down, I knew that it was going to be part of a larger strategy, and I'm really seeing how that strategy plays out. But you made a good point that, yeah, it builds your SEO, but what it really does is help build that know, like, and trust factor. Your, mm-hmm. If you provide valuable content, if you provide your audience with information that they want to consume, it's not only going to get them in your sphere more, but also help which I didn't realize this, but pre-qualify your leads. So if you're providing a service and you constantly talk about X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. it's going to allow your audience to decide for themselves, is this person worth continuing to listen or read in or watch um, on all of our digital platforms Mm -hmm. or not? And then is this person going to be right for the service I need? And either decide yes or no and if it's a yes then they' then hopefully they get in touch with you
2: I feel like the like the internet has opened up such a um, an opportunity for information years ago maybe you might have bought something out of a catalog and it was a very short description about what the item was and maybe it seemed very self-explanatory um, but there's so much stuff out there these days like if I go to a website and I see some something that I want to buy and I look at it and there's absolutely no description. Nothing about who made it, nothing about what it's made of or anything. I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, And I think that that translates over to blogging because it's that you get to know the person and, and you've done this so well with your brand in that, you know, people get to know what you're all about. And with branding photography, that's so important that you guys sync up because let's face this, you don't want somebody taking pictures of you that you don't like
0: exactly because we're <laughs> going to spend a little bit of time together yeah and, and
2: not that anybody could not like you but you know there are people that you might
0: not sync up with you know one of the things i loved about um christine's interview was that um coming up with content ideas we've talked about this in yes. past episodes but her approach her her suggestion mm-hmm. was so easy was just yeah. to go back and fi- find five questions that people have asked Mm -hmm. you go back through your inbox go back through your dms see what people are asking you because that's what they want to learn about so right then and there you have five things but you had a great
2: follow-up question to that is what if because i was thinking to myself you know i have high traffic days where i do get like people Mm -hmm. asking me questions and then they're you know especially during the holidays when people are not really focused yeah nobody's asking anything so you had that great follow-up question about you know if no one's asking you questions you know going out and finding the questions that are out there. exactly, Being proactive. And I think that's what this whole thing is about. It's not just like throwing something up on a website and waiting for it to resonate with people.
0: Yeah, it does take work. It does take up And the
2: long game, you know, six, as she said, six months. I, I knew it was that long, but even hearing it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Wake mm-hmm. up call.
2: Definitely. But, you know, I felt also felt very validated when she said that aesthetics are important when it comes to I know this is not like the biggest deal of the whole interview but as someone who is a perfectionist and I have just thrown up something if I really need to post it but it's nice to know that looking professional is still important So many people forget that part too
0: yeah and and there is a fine line that I like to remind people it's like done is better than perfect, though. There is that balance. And you've had to do that to me a couple of times. There is a balance. But (laughs) especially if you are in the visual arts or anything creative or in a field that, you know, requires some sort of aesthetic, you know, service that the aesthetic of your blog could possibly qualify or not qualify your leads. If they're coming in and they're gonna you know they're looking to hire you as a graphic designer and they come in and they read some of your blogs and like it's just it's not well put together. It's covered in ads or it's not readable. And she talks about what not to do and making it not readable. That Um, was another thing. The keyword stuffing like keyword stuffing, unreadable, big blocks of paragraphs, things like that. I mean we we definitely unpacked a lot, I think I think she did a fantastic job. And I think she just told people, like, if you're if you're going to blog, you need to do your
2: research, too. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that five questions, you know, going back to those five questions that people just have recently asked you. It's making sure you check in on your keywords, you know, using those in your title.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Making sure that you're, you know, as you said, you're not just writing huge blocks of tasks. Text, making it skimmable. I didn't start using um headers until last year, and they've substantially changed how I write. And I feel like I'm a cleaner writer, which I think is more helpful to my readers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you use headers a yeah. lot, especially when you're using your numbered posts, which yeah. you do a lot of. Yeah. Um, be careful people don't use copyrighted images. I don't even think of that anymore because I'm using either your images for your blog posts or I'm writing for other photographers who are using their own images yeah. or I'm using my own. So that's and something I would just to remember Put out
0: there that if you're unsure if an image is copyrighted, assume it's copyrighted.
2: Yeah. Just don't don't bother. <laughs> and then the whole thing about, you know, being reasonable about how often you're going to blog, you know, just because you do have that outlet out there doesn't mean that you have to be blogging every single day. no. It doesn't no, make have a to make be. a
0: schedule that, you know, you can mm-hmm. do consistently, because as she mentioned, it's it's the long game. It is yeah. a longer term game that you're going to play. Yeah. So you don't want to set yourself up for, uh, you know, periods of drought where you're just too exhausted to do it. So if yeah. if once a month sounds even overwhelming to you, try every other month. Yeah. Whatever you think you can do on a consistent basis so that your audience gets consistent content, whether it's once a month, twice a month, mm-hmm. once every other month and then promote the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think my last thing
2: that she said on, and I mean, obviously, since she does work as a copy and content writer, you know, knowing when you should hire somebody and knowing, you know, and she didn't necessarily put it this way, but knowing who to hire. There's so many copywriter services out there that, You know, yes, they are legit and I'm not taking anything away, but sometimes you really need to connect just like as we talked about earlier, like somebody needs to connect with you as a photographer to have a good shoot Mm -hmm. to get that that personality to shine on the camera. You need to have that person, your personality, your business shine on the computer screen on the page. So sometimes you're not hiring the cheapest of options sometimes you're going to end up putting more
0: money into but ultimately in the long run if you put more money into a copywriter that's a better fit then you're going to be saving money on the long run because you're not going to be having to turn around and edit all of the stuff they've written because they didn't nail it the first time the reason I think you're such a good partner is because when I go and read your drafts I know that you've nailed it 90% of the time and if there is something off it might just be like me Scratching out one sentence and that's it. So yeah, and it works. It really saves well. me a ton of time because Kate knows my brand inside and out. So to that point, hire somebody that if they don't know your brand already, that they can establish a process to where they're going to know yeah, your
2: brand. Yeah, I always when I when I bring on a new client, I always do a like a video chat with them,
0: mm-hmm. and even
2: I don't charge any of them for this. But I mean, you I knew beforehand, so we didn't even have to do that. You just brought me on and we like, here's my process. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody else. I make sure that I'm like spending an hour on a video chat with and even then I'm I'm examining like how they even write their emails how they've wrote and written previous blog posts how they mm-hmm. write the rest of their copy how they write their Instagram posts you know people who pay attention to that those are going to be the people that you really want working on your thing so if you really don't have time for blog writing that's that's what you need to be looking for in a blog writer so ditto we've co- covered a lot of ground in this episode i know it's a longer episode so i hope everybody's still listening and thank you so much for uh checking out cocktails and content creation if you want to check out the show notes head to cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. make sure to join our facebook group cocktails and content creation community and leave us a comment we'd love to know what you would like us to talk about you can follow us on instagram at cocktails and content creation and we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and you can email us cocktails and content creation at gmail.com can i say that anymore jesse no, i'm not sure that's a lot Break it up now. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at Co. And
0: I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a brand photographer and want to learn more about brand photography, I am at the Brand Photographer Method on Instagram. Make sure to tune in next time when we're going to be talking about whether or not you should go freelance, which is a, an awesome topic. That's a huge and vision. how to how to make that decision, what it entails, with Maya Sharpie, owner and founder of Build Yourself Workshop. So until then, cheers to your next cocktail and happy content creating.